Hello, and welcome back to the Entertainment Inquisition. I know I said I was going to be doing an older movie, but Ben-Hur got taken off HBO Max, and I'm a broke college student, and I don't want to rent it, so I'm actually going to cut that episode, and I'll do it in a future season. Sorry, guys, but it'll be fun to do it later. Today is going to be a really interesting episode. It's not often that I come into watching and researching a movie with a negative opinion right off the bat but today is one of those exceptions. I remember seeing this movie for the first time within a year of it coming out, and at first I thought it was great. A college student defending the faith, people announcing that God is alive and well in the world, what more could you want? But then I started to see the glaring issues in places where the movie was completely detached from reality. Yes, We are talking about the movie that started a revolution in the Christian film industry with its release in 2014, God's Not Dead. I'm taking a different approach to the research this time, and I'm looking more at what made the movie popular and the public's criticisms of it instead of the inaccuracies and theological messages. And let me tell you, the public is completely divided on what to say about this movie. Some think it's a philosophical and evangelical work of art and some think it is a piece of garbage that makes Christianity seem cringy and gross. Before we jump into my analysis of the movie, let's do a rundown of the plot. We've got basically 10 stories all happening at once, and they all somehow end up interconnected. The main story we see is the story of a college freshman, Josh Wheaton. He shows up on campus for his class registration and is told to switch classes because his philosophy professor does not work well with Christians. First off, religious discrimination is just a known fact at this university? That's horrible. Wait, okay, let me save all my opinions for later. Continuing on. Josh shows up to his first day where he is asked to write on a piece of paper that God is dead so they can just move on with the class. He refuses and is instantly handed a challenge from his professor to convince the whole class of God's existence with the last 20 minutes of their next three lectures. So... 60 minutes total. He will also lose 30% of his grade if he doesn't win. Josh's longtime girlfriend, who I might add, is wearing the very fashionable short sleeve single colored v-neck with a white tank top underneath of it that defines 2000s fashion for me. And she says that he needs to drop the class or sign the paper because this isn't good for them because he won't get into law school and provide for them if he does bad in the class. That's so dumb. Ugh, sorry. He says that he feels like he needs to do it. Okay, let's go to a different story real quick. This one's about Mina. Her mom is struggling with dementia, and she is helping to take care of her. Also, she is dating the mean atheist professor. Uh, what? And she says that she's a Christian, but her boyfriend won't talk about it with her, and she seems to not notice that he is verbally abusive. And they point out that she was one of his students, and they started a kind of scandalous relationship while she was still in his class. Okay, we'll come back to Mina later. So Amy is a left-leaning journalist who, even though she wakes up late, surprises Willie and Corey Robertson on their way into church and bombards them with questions about their faith, TV show, and their killing of ducks. Amy goes to the doctor and finds out she has cancer and is going to die. Her boyfriend dumps her when she tells him, Such a low blow, dude. She is facing the cancer alone. Also, her boyfriend is Mina's brother, and he's also struggling with his mother's dementia. Aisha is a Muslim student who has converted to Christianity and fights against her father's rules for tradition. 
Her brother discovers her listening to the Bible on her iPod and tells her dad, who ultimately kicks her out of the house. Pastor Dave and his friend Pastor Jude are trying to leave for Disney World. However, the car keeps breaking down. This allows Dave to be present to give advice to all the people in their own stories. He first gives Josh the push he needs to defend his faith. Josh's girlfriend of six years breaks up with him over this debate, and he goes into class and somehow convinces everyone to take his side by the end. It's super unrealistic. One of his classmates, Martin, has decided to become Christian because of Josh's witness, and this is against the wishes of his dad. Josh invites Martin to go to the Newsboys concert with him that night. After being embarrassed majorly by Dr. Radisson, her atheist professor boyfriend, Mina leaves his house and talks to Pastor Dave. She decides to break up with him, and she also goes to the Newsboys concert. Aisha is given a host family after coming to Pastor Dave, and her host family also takes her to the Newsboys concert. Amy goes to the concert to interview the band, and they end up praying over her for her cancer. The professor reads a letter from his mother who had died and sees that he should try and reconcile with Mina. He knows that she is at the concert, so he starts running there. It's raining and he is hit by a car that doesn't stop at a red light. Pastor Dave witnesses it all and walks him through becoming a Christian as he dies there. At the concert, everyone hears about what Josh has been doing on campus and the newsboys ask everyone to text all of their contacts to say God's not dead. The end. Wow. There is a lot going on here. There is not a ton of time to tell good stories. Everything just kind of jumps back and forth and back and forth, and there's not a lot of character development. The first thing I really want to point out is that none of this should have actually happened, or at least not to the extreme of this movie. All Josh needed to do was tell his academic dean what was going on, and the religious accommodations and academic coercions would have been dealt with for him. I currently attend a large public university, and no professor would ever be allowed to do something like this. So, if Josh just would have done what he needed to do and gone and talked to the, you know, university, nothing would have happened, and things would have been fine. Another thing, I just have to say this, Josh's dorm room is ginormous. No one in the history of college has ever had a dorm room that big. And a big thing I noticed... When Josh goes to the church and Pastor Dave comes and talks to him, we are to assume the church is some form of evangelical Protestant. But the altar at the front of church is set up for a very traditional Catholic mass. I'm not sure what decisions the set designers were making, but they weren't accurate ones. Those are a couple of my criticisms of the inaccuracies of the movie, but let me jump into really what's the public opinion of the movie. Lots of Christians, mostly the Christians who were in the target audience, loved this movie. Many other Christians and non-Christians really disagreed with the claims of this movie. One article I read claims that evangelical Christians in America have a persecution complex, which turns many people off. I'm not sure how accurate this is, but the article also claimed that white evangelical Protestants are the only major religious group in America who believe they face more discrimination than Muslims do in America. So, the movie was created because evangelical Christians believe they are being persecuted in America. And what was the goal of the film? The goal was to win. The movie doesn't present any ways in which the other side could have been right, and it doesn't expect that the audiences will think the other side could have been right either. So, they just leave it out. I think this mentality behind the movie is extremely off-putting, and so do most people. 
My favorite thing that I've seen in researching public opinion of the movie is this quote. The greatest offense of the God's Not Dead series may be its failure to imagine for its audiences what a truly radical belief in a living God would look like. The movies, crippled by their own narcissistic inward turn, prove their imagination is far, far too small. That's crazy, and it's actually very true. They don't take a lot of time to show people what would actually happen if they believed in a living God. They just, you know, whisper in your ear, you're doing great. I'm so sorry that everyone hates you. Don't stop believing. Finally, I have to address it, the challenge at the end. At the end of the movie, a screen comes up that says, you know, partake in the challenge, text all of your friends, God's not dead. It gives me the like and share this picture of Jesus or you're a devil worshiper vibes. Does anyone else remember those Facebook things that 50-year-old moms would share? It's really awkward, and I want to actually know how many people saw the movie and did it. Okay, this point of my script just says, insert rant if you feel like it. And maybe I'll rant a little bit, so bear with me here. A couple things that are just really extremely off-putting about the movie... The story is so unrealistic. It's really hard to imagine that any of this happens, and to think that Christians are persecuted to this extent is not actually relatable for a lot of Christians. I mean, I do not think that I'm persecuted to the extent that this movie shows. And my biggest thing that grinds my gears about this movie is Josh's PowerPoint skills. I'm gonna say it. When he's in class and he's presenting, he's got these really fancy PowerPoints. Number one, I'm like, when did you have time to make these PowerPoints? And number two, how? Like, I'm a college senior. I don't know how to make good PowerPoints. I know how to click on, here's a template. I put in my own words. I add some pictures and it looks great, you know? But he's got like moving graphics and images and there's like the Big Bang Theory blowing up and all kinds of things. Like, how did he do that? If that's like the biggest inaccuracy of the whole movie is that a college freshman knows how to use PowerPoint that well. Also, this movie was made in 2014, so like the technology back then was even harder to use. I don't know how he made such good PowerPoints. And this was a really awkward rant about PowerPoint, and maybe I'm just salty because I don't have that good of PowerPoint skills, but I really needed to point out that he shouldn't have been that good at PowerPoint. That's all I have for you today. I don't exactly encourage you to watch this movie, but if you want to see what I'm talking about, give it a go. They don't actually argue for God's existence that much. It's mostly just a story about persecuted Christians in the modern world. I think that it does a good job in showing to the target audience of other evangelical Christians that there is hope in their beliefs. Sometimes they do just need a pick-me-up kind of movie, showing them that there is ways for them to fight. I think that the movie overall is kind of cringy and off-putting, and even some atheists were saying it really is diminishing their character. Atheists don't hate all religions, and it shows that almost every atheist or every philosopher, honestly, is just a horrible person because of the representation of all the characters in in this movie. Thank you for listening today, and I look forward to the next episode of the Entertainment Inquisition. Bye!